Hey everyone, welcome to Experience Ministries Discipleship Podcast. I'm Dave Smuin, your host. And I'm Angie, your co-host. We're excited to share biblical principles to help us live our faith and glorify the Lord Jesus. This is episode 38. Today we're continuing our question-based study through the book of Colossians, and we're so glad that you joined us. If you missed a previous study, you can go back and review those. What happens is each week we do a study, we answer specific questions, and then give questions for the upcoming study, which we will do at the end of today's video. Today what we want to do is talk about three questions we asked last time about Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. So why don't we start, Angie, by you read that passage for us, and then we'll dive right into these questions. Okay. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard this, don't cease praying and making requests for you, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, that you may walk worthily of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory, for all endurance and perseverance with joy, giving thanks to the Father who made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. All right, so what's our first question, Angie? The first one is, what is the knowledge that Paul wants them to be filled with. So what we're going to do is we're going to peel this back layer by layer and just kind of look at the basics and then get a little bit deeper as we go. So what Paul is identifying here is that he wants them to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. And that is incredibly important. He further identifies that not just the knowledge, but the wisdom and understanding And that is incredible. So this is different from human knowledge and human understanding. This is is something totally different. Yes, because most of the time when we think about human knowledge, what what we're thinking about is, you know, you go to college, you read a bunch of books, you memorize a bunch of information so that you can regurgitate that. Or we also sometimes will think about human philosophy, how humans, people, think about things like, you know, the philosophy of Plato and some of that kind of stuff, psychologists, Freud. There's lots of different human philosophies that people think of as knowledge. But what we're talking about is something way different. We're talking about spiritual knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. So biblical knowledge, wisdom, and understanding work together. They go hand in hand. Now, I know that there are some differences between those things, and we may explore the difference between knowledge and wisdom and understanding at some point in the future. But what I really want us to grab right now is that they work together. If you have one, you want to add the others and increase them so that they do kind of flow and complement each other as we grow in our knowledge and wisdom of God. So there's three different things, and we need all three, but they also work together. Yes, absolutely. So we'll, we'll parse out the differences at some other point. But what Paul wanted the church in Colossae to know is that God's will 
is practical. He wanted them to know how to understand God's will and how to live God's will in very practical day-to-day ways that really changed their lives, that impacted every day. And that, I think, is really important. It's an experiential knowledge that Paul is talking about here. As we peel this back, just kind of keep an eye on the difference between experiential knowledge that, that Paul is teaching and worldly or human knowledge that is just kind of vague and you know doesn't really get to practical levels sometimes. So this knowledge is practical, like you just said, but it, it also teaches us how to live a life that pleases God, mm-hmm. and it, te- it tells us how to honor God with our life. Yes, absolutely, because what we, what we see here is that we need to live godly knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. It's not just that we pack it in our head. We have to live it, and by living it, we bear fruit, and when we bear fruit, then we glorify our Father in heaven. So living our daily lives in a way that is pleasing to Jehovah, our Heavenly Father, really uh, should be our goal for everyday life. Okay, so let's just talk about this practically for a moment because we're talking about the knowledge of God and knowledge of God's will and wisdom and understanding, but how does that hit us on a daily basis? And Hmm. It, it really is more practical than what we would uh, maybe initially think. Uh, just think about the confusion that's in our culture. People are confused. They, they don't know right from wrong. We have taken away the standard of right and wrong. And so what's right for me is fine. And that may be wrong for you. And there isn't a standard of right and wrong, which is messed up. The culture has that totally wrong. There is a right. There is a wrong. God has a standard, and that's what we need to live up to. It's like a compass. You have to have true north because that tells you where you're going. When you take God's knowledge and God's understanding and you remove that from our lives, you no longer have true north. You no longer have a compass. You no longer know where you're going. And the end result is confusion on all levels. On all levels. So you, you have confusion about, you know, is it okay to go in the store and bust up the store or steal things or loot or, you know, the crime wave that's going across our country, we don't know if that's right or wrong. We want to defund the police. We want to do this. We want to do that because people are confused about what's right and wrong. And biblical wisdom, godly wisdom, godly knowledge that we're talking about clearly states, thou shalt not steal. There isn't a lot of gray area there. That's not yours. You didn't buy it. Don't take it. But our, our culture is confused about that. And think about the many other things that we're facing in our culture. People can't decide what is male or female. People are identifying as furries. People are all over the place because they're confused. And that's what Paul is speaking about here. He wants us, all of us, in 2023 and beyond to understand this is what God's will is. That knowledge and right understanding of how God created us and designed us is critically important. Jesus wants us to have real knowledge. The knowledge of the will of God wants us to have wisdom and understanding so that we're not drawn into the confusion that's in the world. That is a trap 
by the enemy. It goes right back to Genesis chapter 3, when the serpent deceived Eve, he set a trap for her. She fell into that trap based on this false knowledge, this challenging of God's will and his ways, and it drew her into a trap. We want to avoid that. We want to know this is God's will so that we can walk in that. Now, one of the challenges that the early church faced, which Paul talks about, he addresses, not, not really directly, but he kind of speaks a lot of truth to counter what the church was facing then, and it was Gnosticism. And Gnosticism uh, really was all about human knowledge, human wisdom. So the Gnostics believed that everything in the physical was evil. Everything in the physical realm and the physical universe was bad. And so they had a lot of distorted beliefs based on that thinking that it was bad. And the other thing is that they really believed that knowledge was limited to a select few. Not everyone could grasp this knowledge that they spoke of or that they attained to or tried to attain and that really is kind of a, a secret insider thing that that's not what God wants at all. Which you can look back through history and see that taking place, like in the Dark Ages. Knowledge was for a select few. You had groups of monks that were abasing themselves. And it all comes from this thought process. Well, not all of it, but a lot of it does come from this type of, of philosophy. And the one of the problems with that is that the, the Gnostics had this, this idea of this knowledge that they could attain, but none of it was practical on a day-to-day -day level. It was all just this philosophy stuff, and it wasn't any good for living your daily life. It, what it really amounted to was an intellectual pride and arrogance mm. that they felt like they were better than everyone else, and that just caused a lot of problems. So the name Gnostic comes from the Greek word gnosis. If I can say that right, it's a difficult <laughs> word. Gnosis or gnosis. And that's Strong's number 1108, if you want to look that up in your Strong's concordance and do a little bit of research on it. But it means basically a knowledge, a general knowledge and it can also mean science. And so it's just this vague area of understanding that, you know, can kind of fall into the, just human philosophy, really. The Gnostics would kind of go into this pattern. They would go one of two ways. The majority of them probably went into this idea that they need to deny themselves basic human things because everything in the in the physical universe was bad. So there was a lot of self-debasing. There was a lot of denial of what we need for basic human life in their philosophy and in their practices. So they really uh, created some bizarre rules and some strange things that they did to deny themselves of any human pleasure, any human things. That sounds terrible. It was terrible. On the other side, there were some of them um, that went the opposite direction. They felt like everything in the physical realm is bad, so it doesn't really matter what we do, and they just indulged in everything. And uh, if we see anything like that in our culture today, 
that's probably the side of it because there isn't a lot of self-denial and debasing yourself. In our culture, it's more of an indulgence attitude that nothing matters, so yeah. why don't we just do everything? And that's one of the dangers when you take away biblical knowledge, godly knowledge, godly wisdom. When you pull that out of a culture, well, what do you expect people to do? They're going to just indulge in everything because they don't understand that things matter. They just feel like nothing matters, so I'm going to do whatever makes me feel good. That is a downside to uh, the Gnostic belief and a lot of the human philosophy that we're struggling with in our cultures today. In this passage in Colossians, Paul uses a word epignosis, which is Strong's number 1922. Now, it's different than gnosis. Gnosis is just a vague knowledge. Um, epignosis is a more complete knowledge. It's a more personal knowledge, if you will. It's kind of an experiential knowledge that Paul's talking about, and it's more specific than gnosis. So it's kind of a, an interesting play when you study into the original language because this philosophy of the world, of the Gnostics, was just kind of vague. And what Paul is saying is, no, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God's will, is very specific. It's something that all of us can attain to. It's not for the select few. Paul wanted everybody to know it. And so that's why he told Colossae the things that he told them and told them to share his letter with the other churches because Paul really wanted us to know that God's wisdom and knowledge is for all of us and we should all learn it, know it, so that we can experience walking in his truth, in his knowledge, in his wisdom, and that it's practical for everyday life. And we need it. Without it, we're not going to live a life that's fulfilling or pleasing to God. Correct. Now, Paul did not teach that we should deny ourselves everything because everything in the physical is evil. That is not biblical. There are lots of good things in the physical realm, and we can participate in those. We can enjoy those things. On the other side, Paul didn't teach that we should just indulge in everything. There are boundaries, there are right, there are wrong, there are things that we should do and should not do. And so when we really grab what Paul is saying here, it's very practical how we live our lives so that we can glorify the Father and live a fruitful life. And that's our goal, right? To please God. So there's a couple of verses that I just want to throw out for you to think about. Angie, why don't you read these verses for us? Okay, John 15, 8 says... In this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and him whom you sent, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the source of all real knowledge. Spiritual knowledge, physical knowledge, knowledge, everything. Jesus is the source. God, our Heavenly Father, the triune God, is the source of all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And Jesus wants us to have that knowledge. He wants us to know Him so that we can live in a way 
that is fruitful for us, beneficial for us, and pleasing to the Father. He wants us to live in wisdom, not foolishness. Paul is just stressing that here, and I want to stress it because, man, we got to grab hold of this. The scripture warns us regularly about human wisdom and philosophy, and it pushes us to understand God's will for our lives. And yes, that's a general knowledge of God wants all of us to be saved, but it's also specific about how we live our daily lives, how we interact with each other. We love each other. We forgive each other. There's so much biblical knowledge, godly knowledge, that he wants for us because it pleases him and it's what's best for us. So question number two is how do we increase in that knowledge? Well, let's answer this by reading the scripture and seeing what the scripture says, which is verse 10, because Paul just answers the question right here in a beautiful way. That you may walk worthily of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This passage in verse 10 really explains something that I think many of us miss, many in the Christian church miss, and it's really simple. It's this, we increase in the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of God as we live the truth. And this is the deal. The knowledge of God is not some vague thing. It's practical to our daily lives. And the more we live it, the more we do what God says, the greater understanding we have and the deeper our relationship with him goes. And so it's very important that we know, if we, if we know just a little bit, live it. And as we live it, we increase in that knowledge. We get to know God better because it's an experiential knowledge. It's not just something you memorize for a test. You have to actually do this. And in the doing, we grow. So you also, this is really based on Jesus is our compass. And so in order to have him as our compass, we have to spend time with him. We have to know him. And the only way we're going to know him is to spend time with him in the word and prayer and getting to know him. Yeah, because he is the word, right? Yes. And so for us, we have to study the word of God. We have to go, okay, let's dig into the Bible, because the Bible is God's revelation to us about this knowledge that we're talking about. So if you're not studying in the scriptures, you're not praying, you're not seeking the Lord, you're not going to have the basis of knowledge in which you live and grow. And that's why we're doing this study, because we always want to be increasing in our knowledge, which means we have to study the word, right? That's right. You study the word, right? That's right. You better. (laughs) So our third and final question for this little section of scripture is how will this knowledge change us? What do you think, Ann? Well, I really want my, I can speak from a personal perspective, is that I want my life to be pleasing to God. I want to honor God with my life. And in order to do that, I need this knowledge that Paul is talking about in Colossians. So, Think about what the Word of God tells us. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does that happen? We increase in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And by doing that, God transforms us and draws us back to be the people, the 
created beings that he wanted us to be. So we are transformed as we learn and grow. So our passage for next week is Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 20. Now this is a little bit bigger passage, and there is so much in this passage. We could just spend weeks on this. I mean, if you're digging into the Bible and you go deep like I do, you could just get lost in this. So, to keep us from getting lost, I want us to focus on two specific questions for next week. What can we learn about Jesus? That's number one. And number two, what can we learn about what he has done for us? All right, God bless you. We will see you next week.